Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Although here in Florida, it's not a particularly good afternoon. We have a storm coming in that will probably uh, prevent any meaningful round of golf, possibly all week. And my wife has a very bad cold that came on suddenly. And as I sit here, I think I'm going to follow her down the rabbit hole because I think I'm getting sick too. But otherwise, things are well. I haven't done a show in a long time. And the reason I haven't done a long show in a long time is I feel I have nothing really to say. And I don't have much to say today, today either, uh, except for what in Yiddish would be called a kvetch, a complaint. So I'm going to do that for a little while and then go back to writing a new book. I've written a number of books and um, I decided that I now had enough to say in a book that uh, I can't say in a tweet or on Facebook, which, by the way, I've gotten off. Uh, I may even get off Twitter because uh, I want to talk about that today. I think that uh, this is a destructive, in many ways, a destructive element or can be used as a destructive element. Uh, in, in the kind of stories that we live by. But today I want to talk about what the stories I'm hearing, the mode of story, that really alarms and upsets me. Uh, and part of it then is the motivation for uh, writing a book. Because to write a story, and again, I don't think what I'm writing is fully true, uh, although I believe it to be true, uh, or worthwhile, or a, maybe a myth uh, that can be a helpful myth, because many myths uh, are very helpful, and I'll try to define a lot of these terms. Uh, certainly, I will produce enough facts, and I'll talk a little bit about facts, because uh, we talk about truth and we talk about facts, uh, and that that has to be uh, unpacked a bit. But the last few shows I have done, the last half a dozen, I look back on and I realize I was writing a book verbally. And because uh, I am so concerned about stories and writing a good narrative story, something that has some heft and depth, heft and depth, um, and I always have enjoyed writing, that um, I would do a show now and then, but I'm going to try to finish a book. And um, it's giving me great satisfaction to do that. Whether or not it'll be read, actually, I probably could post it on Blog Talk Radio or on Twitter or some kind of uh, self, uh, even if I don't find a publisher, uh, an ebook would be very nice, and that really uh, takes a lot of the uh, anxiety about getting a book out into the world. Uh, so more and more books are, are ebooks. I read now mostly books that have been uh, ebooks. Um, in fact, today I downloaded a science fiction story that was one of my favorites uh, by Arthur Clarke. 
who did 2010. This one was called Childhood's End. And I decided uh, to take a break from more serious reading or more serious fiction even uh, and read, uh, uh, reread that book. I remember it giving me much pleasure probably 40 years ago. In any event, I'm concerned about the kind of stories that more and more people are telling. And let me list my complaints about them and some of the reasons why I think they're happening and why they're destructive, I believe, to the kind of democracy that uh, I think really makes life worthwhile, that allows for affection between people, good communication between people, um, that highlights the struggle between being a separate individual capable of creating uh, something of individual expression that has worth to many people. Um, uh, and, and, and at the same time, remaining part of a larger uh, social uh, uh, organization or sets of organizations. Um, the, the, the kind of stuff that I keep continually seeing are narrow. Uh, narrow and not even intended to uh, communicate across any kind of serious social or political lines. We're talking to ourselves. We're talking to the preaching to the choir. And as we preach to the choir, it reflects a terrible frustration, a sense of loneliness and isolation uh, that we don't communicate our ideas uh, in a way that is meaningful uh, because everybody we're communicating with you sees the world as we do. Uh, it's a waste of time in many ways. There, there's no value, educational value. There's no uh, entertainment value. It is something that moves more and more from some kind of universal facts or universal truths to a kind of a, a angry lament uh, in which hopelessness about genuine communication, about a genuine debate, about genuine uh, interaction becomes lost. So it's sad, frustrating and sad. More and more of our stories contain fewer facts, but more myths and fantasies, and increasingly outright lies. Uh, I've always worried when I write or I speak about somebody pointing out to me a falsehood. That is, I made an error in a fact, or I made an error in a statement, but it wasn't a lie. It wasn't my intention to convince somebody of something, buddy, of something that is dishonest, had a dishonest motive. But increasingly, um, and people have always lied, human camouflage is to lie, uh, lie for reasons of survival, lie for many reasons. And I'm not against lying. Uh, I once had a debate with somebody uh, who said, you should never lie. And somebody at the table, we were discussing this, said, gee, if somebody came into your house and said, I'm here to kill your wife, your child, who somebody you love, 
uh, are they home? Uh, it would be very difficult, I think, even if you say you should never lie, to say, yes, they're home upstairs, second door to the left. They're asleep. Go do what you want. That, that um, lying for survival reasons um, has meaning. But when you, we lie and can't even see the difference between the lie and the truth, or lies and facts, make, make up facts, then we're in real trouble. Uh, we're in real difficulty. Because then we uh, start to experience ter terrible anxiety about what might be factually true, what might be so, because we need truth. We need uh, um, facts in order to be able to make appropriate decisions for our survival, for our health, for our wealth. Um, and we're being lied to all the time. Uh, and again, I don't want to get particularly partic uh, 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 political here, but uh, we have the liar-in-chief, people who fact-check the president's statements uh, can usually find seven lies, eight lies a day. Uh, and I don't think he's uh, crazy in the sense that he really believes the lies. I think he lies for a particular end of his own power and his own needs. And, and uh, more and more people are lying and can't tell the difference. Don't have enough of a base, an, a narrative story that they live by to be able to say that doesn't sound right. Um, and I'm not even talking about somebody trying to get you to deny what your own eyes see. The very famous uh, joke about a woman who uh, comes home and finds her bed uh, occupied by another woman and her husband having sex, and he says to her, there's nobody here. There's no woman here. I mean, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? Uh, we need to believe sources of information and believe that we're not being lied to um, because our survival, again, and our health and, and our success in life depend upon it. And increasingly, it is more and more difficult to believe that anybody in politics and power uh, is telling the truth. And more and more people will believe, no matter how many facts are given in a particular newscast, if they're told that this is fake news, that these are lies, they either disbelieve what is uh, uh, in, what, what, make, what might otherwise make sense to them to believe, uh, even if they don't have direct visual contact with the information, with the facts that are involved, and swim around in a series of... of uh, of confusion, terrible confusion, which as a, an emotion, anxiety, confusion, then can be defended against, gotten rid of by doubling down on the lie and convincing oneself it is the truth. It is factual, factually correct. A whole society living this way will not last. Uh, let me talk for a moment, the difference between truth and facts, because we, 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 
constantly uh, confuse the two, even if there's an overlap. If I put out a paper, a research paper that says that I have uh, found a uh, cure for cancer, uh, that paper has to contain exactly how I found the cure in terms of what were the research studies? How did I demonstrate that the cure really is a cure? I have to show the protocols. I have to show who was the sample, how many were in the sample. I have to tell exactly what the chemical was that these patients were given. I have to show uh, that there was a placebo given. Sometimes in medicine, that becomes a big ethical issue. But if I, I say that this works, I have to be able to give information so that somebody else, if they wish, and in science, there is always people who wish to replicate the study. Information about research has to be replicable. It has to be repeatable. Uh, so what we see is that a fact becomes a fact established as a public fact when more than one person independently comes to the same conclusion about what is. Um, if I am given by a car and that car uh, I'm told has been tested and it is a fine automobile uh, and I buy the car and it breaks down on the way uh, to uh, home, uh, then I've been lied to, uh, perhaps, or something went wrong uh, in the car that had, is independent of its state of existence when I first picked it up. But when that kind of stuff happens, you stop believing and buying from an individual. I mean, there are all kinds of jokes and stories about used car salesmen and their honesty. But, but uh, it, therefore, it's not a fact. It was not a fact. It was never a fact that that was a good car. But if I take the car to a mechanic, not the individual who sold it to me, but a mechanic who I trust, maybe two mechanics, and they look and they both agree that the engine is sound, there are no particular leaks, the transmission works, then it becomes a fact. It is a statement about what exists in the real world, independently arrived at. That's a fact. Facts are gained by what we see, what we hear, what we smell, what we taste, or what we feel under our fingertips. They're sense impressions about what is. Facts define for us reality. And reality, I'm not going to get into a philosophical discussion about how difficult it is to establish reality in some larger sense, but that a drug works or that a car is, is an adequate instrument or uh, that Mr. So-and-so killed his wife and, and the facts of the case were such that a jury of 12 individuals all concluded that those were the facts and he is guilty. Those are facts. And what we refer to as facts is truth. 
On the other hand, truth has more meaning than that. Um, facts don't create universal truth, although in science they can come to universal laws. Gravity is established by facts. No matter how many times you drop a ball from a height or an, a, something, an object from a height, it always falls because it can be measured over and over and over and over again as uh, in the same way. It falls at 32 feet per second per second, and, and uh, uh, you can measure exactly based on the height how fast it will hit the ground, given you know, air density and a variety of other factors, but they're facts. And so when we establish a law, it is because the facts are replicable. They're trustworthy. And those become laws. And that's another level of truth. However, many truths are stated in moral terms, that there are moral truths. He didn't lie. Uh, uh, This is the right thing to do. And there's a difference between a moral truth and a factual truth. And one of the things that I'm more and more concerned about, or as the years go by, is that there are uh, fewer and fewer truths, moral truths, that we can see as universal, and that people uh, can and have always Uh, defined moral truths in different ways, uh, even though there are some that we accept as almost universally so. Uh, It is good for soldiers to stay with their buddies and not uh, abandon them on on a battlefield. And it is uh, a good thing, universally good, that mothers don't harm their children. Uh, We accept that. We can argue it, but most people would say these are probably as close to universal morals uh, that we have. Uh, When we look, we could see people, uh, Hitler defined the extermination of large numbers and whole groups of people as good. And uh, for most of us, that would not become, and we would see that not as a universal moral truth, But for me, it demonstrates that it's very hard to develop anything that most people or all people might agree to in a general way as being truths. So for many of us, uh, when the dentist says that you have a cavity and he shows us the x-ray of the cavity and we had pain, that's factually true. But it's a truth based upon observable facts. And lately, uh, it seems to me that facts no longer need to be necessary or we don't use facts in our narratives. We don't develop narratives that automatically ask, show me the facts to establish some sense of truth. We are, as many people have said, and I agree with, I hear it in many ways, we are in a post-fact or post-truth society. And since facts are necessary for our survival, for our nurturance, uh, for our ability to live 
uh, a long and uh, meaningful and healthy life, we're in trouble. Our stories are growing shorter with less narrative. Um, here I blame, <laughs> don't look to blame, but um, media, social media. I find Twitter interesting, but maddening. Uh, I tend to provide, if somebody asks me a question, a long answer to things. 140 characters, I think that's the limit. What can you say? And increasingly, rather than uh, any description going into the little tiny narratives, the little tiny stories that appear on Twitter, uh, we find moral judgments about people acting as facts. Now, for those of you who have been following my story, you know that um, I, ha I believe, and I think I've demonstrated, since the, all the words we use to describe so-called mental illnesses and disorders uh, are not based upon medical facts, provable medical facts, they are moral judgments. They're ethical and moral judgments. They seemingly describe behavior and explain behavior, uh, but they have very little predictive value, and they don't provide facts. They are judgments posing as facts. And much of what is on Twitter and uh, Facebook, which I have gotten off Facebook uh, entirely, um, most, much of what uh, appears in Twitter are taunts, insults, uh, with no factual argument. There's no real debate that exists. Occasionally, I'll see somebody try and debate. But the debate has to be truncated. There's no particular uh, uh, organization to the story that can go from one meaning to another, from one set of facts to another, because there's just no time. So increasingly, you have explanations that are short, have to be taken completely on faith, and are built into stories that are judgments rather than factual, posing as if they were facts. People insult each other uh, in ways that would get you thrown out of society. The word fuck is used regularly about one person over another. Uh, people, <laughs> terrible wishes for their health and their life. Um, so the, the, this, this, again, uh, changes the narrative and the kind of stories we live by. Short, morally judgmental, more lies than actual facts. Um, our stories have fewer heroes, unless they are fictional superheroes. I've done a couple of shows in the last couple of years, one on the rise of movies involving uh, ghouls, vampires, uh, uh, people who are turned into flesh-eating zombies, um, a terrible image of a society feeding on itself, 
mindlessly, thoughtlessly damaging uh, the people around us um, uh, without mercy, without thought, just in the hunger that has to be fed. Um, There were many more and more of us becoming what the Buddhists refer to as hungry ghosts, in which we try to feed ourselves money or feed ourselves with power or feed ourselves with toys and things that have very little to do with the actual hunger that drives us. And the way we lie and the way we attack each other uh, metaphorically can be expressed with the fact that we're zombies, hungry zombies feeding on the flesh of our neighbors, our friends, Uh, and anybody else who gets in our path. Uh, We have lost any faith that we ourselves uh, can. Again, I'm overstating the case because it's not everybody. It's not maybe even a majority. But more and more what I see in public discourse, when I turn on the television, when I watch the news, when I what's called the news, or when I uh, open up uh, my Twitter account, are these uh, uh, a sense of failure, a sense of helplessness, of hopelessness. Um, it's interesting that we uh, psychiatrists tell us there's a tremendous rise in anxiety and depression. Depression grows out of a sense of hopelessness and helplessness and, then, and a sense of loneliness and a sense that... Uh, we need someone to come and rescue us because it is simply beyond our own ability to do anything about it. And sometimes that's true. And sometimes we do need people to rescue. We need to have parents who raise us, good doctors to treat us, teachers to teach us, uh, friends to take away our loneliness. It's not that, that, that I'm suggesting that we are individuals who can do it all ourselves. But more and more, there's a sense that we're hopeless about it. And we turn to superheroes, fictional characters, who have to kill the zombies, who are us. Only the fictional characters that we're looking at very often in real life are fictional. They are not who they are, seem to be. They lie. They cheat. They make up stories. They define themselves in powers that they don't have. And when we accept or try to believe, we now are in a situation where we become depressed because we realize we're not going to be rescued. There is no one to come and really rescue us from the existential threats of our lives unless we join together with many other people, form a plan, and do what we can to deal with the existential threat. And here I'm thinking about climate change. Someone recently wrote to me that uh, there is no climate change, and he could prove it because in 1970, uh, a 1974 uh, Nobel Prize winner said there is no, and, and said why there is no uh, climate change. And I looked it up, and I looked up the individual, and what I discovered was that was this fellow was not a climatologist, uh, and I don't question his brightness and, and his uh, achievements, uh, but some of the things he says 
like you can't measure the temperature of the whole earth. Uh, nobody's trying to uh, uh, measure the temperature of the whole earth. Just one place at a time over years. So factually, uh, why the individual was saying this, I don't know his motive. It seems honest. But at the same time, uh, if we look at the preponderance of evidence, I believe, and not alone, uh, that the single biggest existential threat that we face is the fact that we're ravaging our planet. We're covering it in garbage. We're polluting the air, the water. We're covering it in plastic and concrete. And we're pumping out enough uh, gases to trap temperatures that we have never seen before. And so we feel helpless and hopeless, and that's depression. And then the anxiety comes from coming home and finding your lover or your spouse in bed with somebody and being convinced to believe that there's nobody really there. Basic reality and basic common sense. And I believe there is something like common sense. Uh, and so uh, our teenagers are constantly showing increases in terrible anxiety. And then finally, um, more and more stories paint us as victims. And as I've said many times in many shows, some of us are more victimized than others. All of us have been subjected to injustice. All of us have been subjected to unfairness. All of us have been hurt in one way or another, uh, either by consciously actions of others or by the fact that they could do nothing uh, to, to help us and we see ourselves as being victimized, we can be victims. On the other hand, uh, victimization becomes the central narrative in many stories. And many people now are using their identity, uh, not that they were hurt as individuals, but they were hurt as part of their religion, their color, their nationality, and are at the same time feeling helpless and hopeless to do anything about it. They are victims. No one is there to take care of them. And so in some of the best universities, uh, if somebody was to come in and talk about some topic that... Uh, bothers them or that they feel is hurtful, there is no debate. There is screaming and there is yelling and there is a demand for them to be protected from the onslaught of this uh, uh, hostility because they themselves, as the best and the brightest in society, have to be protected. Uh, again, I've been visiting universities with my granddaughter and I find them still basically to be wonderful places. Uh, and I know this exists. I don't know how far it exists, but I saw it happening by the time I left uh, City University in 2005, where you say the wrong thing and you're a racist. You say the wrong thing, you're a sexist. And the poor victim who now can uh, scream and yell and damage your life uh, is, is uh, uh, to be protected at all costs. There is no narrative in that that talks about resilience, 
about growing the skills necessary, intellectual, social, physical, to be able to deal with things uh, that are hurtful, whether they were said to hurt or whether they're inadvertent. So uh, I don't like the kind of stories that more and more of us are living by. They don't have narrative strength. They don't have as much factual strength as they need. Uh, and they're about us either as pathetic victims who need protection uh, from everybody, or they're about uh, uh, a need for superheroes, or that we're all a bunch of uh, blood-sucking, uh, flesh-eating zombies and vampires uh, and have to be hide ourselves away from any real adversity in life. Well, that's about it. Uh, I don't have an answer for this. Um, accept, read, study, um, recognize if your feelings are hurt. It's not cancer. That's true for all of us. Uh, our pride is easily wounded, and I put myself in that category. Uh, however, the best uh, response is to be uh, lived by a narrative that says, uh, did this person purposely try to hurt me? Did they hurt themselves worse by what they've done than what they've done to me? Uh, are there facts involved? Can we discuss this in a democratic, humane, creative fashion rather than scream insults, hide, wail, uh, and, and, and produce a, an emotional reaction uh, that sounds as if we've just been told we have a terminal illness and there's nothing we can do about it. I still believe in the essential health of our educational system. I still believe that there are wonderful books to be read and that all of us should be reading not only short, good short stories, but novels. I believe that all of us should listen to music that may have takes more than 15 minutes to listen through it on. Right? I think that most of us should spend a hell of a lot less time on our uh, social media. Uh, I, I cringe every time I go into a restaurant and the children are looking each individually at their, at their um, mobile device, their phones, and uh, the parents are looking at theirs. Uh, we need a narrative, and narratives that we live by are the best when they are social and acted in a democratic fashion. Maybe it'll come back. Maybe this is a pendulum that has to swing full bore until uh, we, 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 uh, uh, until we find a way collectively and individually to come back to something that is uh, more sound in its narrative value, in its respect for facts, in its uh, uh, emotional uh, appeal and control uh, that doesn't allow us to either hide and shriek in fear or attack and vilify and turn uh, our uh, others into an other to be destroyed in one way or another. Well, it's 20 to 5. 
not quite time for cocktail hour, but uh, I think I'm going to talk to my wife about what I might bring in for supper. We're not cooking. Well, most of the time we don't cook anymore, uh, which is sad. Every once in a while, last week we cooked something. She did, really. It was delicious. But uh, that's what happens when you get old in Florida. You eat out or bring in. I barbecue a lot, which I like, but we'll see. All right. I feel better now. I ventilated. I hope I've said something coherent of value. And tonight, I'll write another couple of pages of my book. Take care. Good luck. Good night.